financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Good morning, I'm Jess Tyler, and welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Good morning. Good morning, Beth. How are you? I am doing really good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. I haven't had to borrow from any family members today or anything like that. Apparently a lot of people. I have done it in the past more than once. I will say that. Usually with my older sister, I always pay her back, but it's always awkward. You know, I think any of us who have been fortunate enough to have a family member we could borrow from in a difficult time uh, appreciate that. And, and I know, you know, from parents talking to me all the time, they, they really want to support their children uh, and sometimes their friends and their grandchildren and all of that. Even at their own peril, even when money is not good for themselves, they see it as their role to lend money Mm -hmm. to people who are close to them. And sometimes, as I said, sometimes it is at their own peril. They lend too much money or they never get it back or they put their name on a, a loan that then doesn't get payments made on time. And the next thing you know, their own credit is damaged. You know, my heart goes out to them because as someone who has been asked to lend money to people close to me on multiple occasions... And has, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very hard thing. You don't want to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you that money. Well, You're- it can lead to resentments, too. I mean, I've been on both sides. I've had to borrow from my sister before for like a big thing, but paid her right back. But I've had the situation where a coworker was always short of cash. So she always asked me for like 40 bucks before the next payday, which was fine. But then when you see like her coming in with a new shirt or you see like, oh, she just went out to lunch you get frustrated and you have to bite your tongue. Right. And and what you're really seeing there, not to be judgmental, but what's probably bothering you is if you would just try to manage your money better and make <laughs> decisions, you wouldn't be bothering me who doesn't really have this to lend to you for $40 until payday. And it, it just puts you in a very awkward position right? Uh, where, you know, you want to be able to help somebody, but you, you don't want to have to keep lending them money. I have a friend who says, my kids think I'm an ATM. Right. So it's very difficult. If you're in this position and you're listening to the show right now, you are not alone. Mm. <laughs> wow, you are not alone. There was just a, a Census Bureau report that came out that said 25 million people recently relied on loans from people close to them just to meet their spending needs, which is up substantially from 19.1 million the same time last year. It's crazy. It's a crazy One number. Year, yeah, six million more people are borrowing from people they know. Now, if you've been anywhere on the planet for the last couple of years, you also know stimulus checks came out. There was some money, you know, there was an influx of money to some people's households. Other people lost their jobs and couldn't, for whatever reason, gain unemployment. Um, I, I know a lot of teachers who were adjunct teachers at colleges. Mm-hmm. They taught us a music program, for instance, as an adjunct, and their jobs just dried up instantly. And because adjunct, they didn't have the same benefits as a full-time professor. So I think, you know, if if you are listening to this and you're being judgmental, saying, you know, what's the matter with those people? Why can't they just manage their money and they wouldn't have to keep bothering me for money? You know, try a day on the other side. It's not the easiest thing. Right, yeah. to be living with a very fixed income. And this, this is not only, I think we think about, well, these are kids who haven't learned to manage their money yet, but they're also sometimes seniors who just have a finite amount of money coming in. 
They're unable to go get a second job. Their health is poor. Whatever it happens to be, they have a fixed income. And what's happening? Gas at $5 a gallon. Groceries at twice the price. I mean, your dollar only stretches so far. Well, and as we've talked about before on previous shows, most people are just like one major incident away from being in this position, whether it's the car breaks down or, you know, some big expense happens and then it throws everything off and you could find yourself in this exact situation. There's no doubt about that. And and I, I, I just can't say it enough. I don't care what you have. Well, I do care what you have to do. So let's keep this legal. But <laughs> I would say I don't care what you have to do to trim your budget or earn a little extra money. But your number one priority, if you're a person who has had to borrow money from family or friends, your number one priority should be to build up an emergency cash reserve account. Mm-hmm. I get people who, who literally are living on credit cards, and they're calling me and saying, where should I invest? I just, got a, I just got a tax refund. What should I do with that? You should put it in your emergency cash reserve account, which is, by the way, for emergencies. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. An emergency is not, I really need a vacation. I'm sorry. I know that feels like an emergency. An emergency is just what you talked about. Your car needs a repair. You didn't plan for it ahead of time because you, you simply didn't know. You've done everything you can already do, like maybe buy AAA coverage or, you know, keep your a family mechanic in, in work or whatever. You've done everything you can do to trim costs, and still you are faced with this absolute emergency expense, and you have no other way to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's when you go to your emergency fund. Okay, so let's talk about the kinds of things that people do when they're really strapped for money like this. And sadly, but probably intuitively you would guess this, it is heavier, we find it is more predominant in marginalized areas. So Mm -hmm. particularly people that are black and Hispanic are not only suffering more from this when we look at the statistics, but they are also, because of that, higher targets for what we call predatory lenders. Now, it isn't just them. We'll talk about the military briefly, too, because the government actually had to step in and make a Congress actually passed a law saying you can't keep doing this to our military personnel. Mm. So it is across the board. But when I talk about a predatory, predatory lender, what I really mean is, you know, it's somebody who usually is on the Internet. This is not your local bank going, hey, let's go down to, you know, this local community where people have no money and lend them a bunch of money, mm-hmm. you know, at high interest rates. This is some small lender, well, may not be a small lender, but a short-term lender on the Internet, tough to find. You can probably only communicate with them through email or on their website, which, of course, can be taken down and, you know, dried up overnight. Right. So you don't have a real person you're talking to. You probably can't even get a phone number to talk to them. So they're very hard to track and verify. And if you think I'm talking about, like, some fly-by-night organization you haven't heard of, Think again. Turn the TV on. You'll see famous people. I see ads all the time for payday loans. Like we'll give you, yeah. we'll give you your money two days early, but it's usually really high interest rate, right? Don't you have to pay back more? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So payday loans, as you know, as many things like this start to get a bad name, they start to rename them, repackage them. So if you hear of a loan that's called a cash advance loan, mm-hmm. not. A- a cash advance on your credit card. That is still a cash advance loan, but somebody might be saying it's not a payday loan, it's a cash advance loan, or it's a, uh, a post-dated check loan, okay. or a deferred deposit, or a check advance. I mean, anything that sounds like that, 
that's a payday loan. Mm-hmm. Now, the way those work, for anybody who doesn't understand how payday loans work, which is probably most people, oh, boy, I had so much fun just one time calling one of these. And just, it was a very famous one you see on TV all the time, and just holding their feet to the fire about, <laughs> oh, that's really 1,200% a year, right? 1,200%. And the guy just kept saying to me, no, 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 because you're only paying it for a short time. And I went through the math with him, and he finally said, hold on, I'll get your supervisor. And then he just <laughs> they didn't. So, they didn't want to talk to somebody who knew what they were talking about. Well, no, because here's what really happens. On average, on average, the annual percentage rate on a payday loan, these short-term high-interest rates, unsecured, right? They're not held by any collateral. They're not supported by any collateral. Mm-hmm. They're a personal loan, and they're usually for a small sum. This is where these guys get away with it, a small sum. So let's say you're borrowing 500 or $1,000, mm-hmm. right, uh, just to get you through till next payday. And you think, well, that's okay. I'll just pay them this fee on it. The average annual interest rate on those kinds of loans is over 500%. How is that legal? (laughs) Good point. Now, so let's talk about that for a minute, because I just said I called a company. Everybody would know if I named the name. You know, Mm -hmm. there's this guy talking on all the ads. I called the company, and I said, so let me get this straight. If this person borrows this money, they have to pay back this much in fees. Yep. But they're going to pay these fees that they tell you about, usually within 14 days or until the time of your next paycheck. Mm-hmm. So let's say you say you're going to borrow $1,000 and they say, well, we're going to charge you 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like much, right? You start uh, making these numbers up, obviously, but if you start to multiply that over the course of a year, you will get your annual percentage rate. Now, the idea when you take these is that you will not need to take it past the next payday. That come next payday, by the way, you're giving them access to your checking account. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. But to an online entity, <laughs> Think we're talking about identity theft possibilities here? Yeah, can lead to some problems there. Yeah, that you can't track down easily. But you understand, people who do this think they have no choice. They right. think it's, they're, they're in desperate, you know, a desperate place. So they take this, oh, 50 bucks is no problem. I'll pay it back next payday. You don't have a choice because you've given them your checking account, and they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. Whether you pay it or you, whether you want to pay it or not, they have access to your checking account. They're going to take that out. But... If you had to just take a payday loan because you're living so close to the edge that you cannot survive until your next paycheck, when your next paycheck comes, there is a strong chance that you will not be able to pay this loan in full or that you'll have to do this repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And you do every time you don't pay it off by that date. Let's, I have people who sometimes will say, well, I'll close my checking account. Okay, now you're in a legal problem if they start to find you. But if you don't pay that, you now have additional fees, but even without the additional fees, just the APRs are that high. Now, you said, how is that legal? Mm -hmm. Let's look at this for a minute. The actual payday lending is not prohibited, at least in our state of Massachusetts. In some states, it may be, but in Massachusetts, it's not prohibited. Okay. You can be a payday lender, yet what is referred to as a payday loan is illegal due to the high annual interest rate charge. So, If that isn't double talk, I don't know what is. Right. What is the difference between a lender and a loan? Well, remember, I well, so the lender is the person giving the money Mm -hmm. or the company giving the money, letting you borrow it. Yeah. And the loan is the actual instrument, the document that you are agreeing to. Okay. To pay the loan back. Now, remember I said to you when these start to get a bad name? So something called a payday loan is illegal. 
But what about a check advance loan or a deferred deposit loan? Is that legal? Isn't it the Good. same thing with a different name? Yeah, of okay. course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. But these companies are fast. They're swift and cunning. Uh, law takes time to happen. You got to pass. You got to get a bill through Congress. You got to get it through. You know, you got to get this thing to the point of a law before these companies can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things that make this quote legal or at least possible. Let's say the first is that. Gee, they just keep changing it. They keep repackaging it. There's a legal case, Davidson uh, versus the United Auto Credit Corp. I think it is where. Again, this has had to do with some military stuff, where the government exempted some car loans from this illegal predatory lending for the military. And so car companies became sort of creative, and so they sold a person a car. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the outcome of this case is yet, so I have to say, let's talk about hypothetically or allegedly, right? They sold a person a car, and they also sold them gap insurance. Gap insurance is what covers you. If you total your car or it's stolen or something happens to your car mm-hmm. and you owe more on it, then the insurance company is going to pay you. Okay. Right? Yeah. Why does that happen? Because people don't have enough money and they trade in cars and they end up what we call upside down. They, mm-hmm. they owe more money on the car than it's worth, maybe even on the day they drive it off the lot. So they buy gap insurance because they can't tolerate the risk because they don't have enough money. So they buy this gap insurance. So in this case, the car loan was exempted but the other one is not exempted. But they packaged it together, and they said it's all exempt. We can charge whatever we want for this loan. We don't have to pay attention to your Military Lending Act guidelines because it's really the uh, car loan that we got here. That's now a court case? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. I think it's Davidson versus United Auto Credit Corp. But again, my disclaimer that I'm not a lawyer, but you can probably find that on the Internet. Mm, crazy. Um, yeah, so, all right, so... That's one thing that can make this sort of legal-ish. I'm going to use that word. (laughs) Legal-ish. And the other thing is who does this lending. So when we come back, I I want to talk to you a little bit about these ads that you're seeing on TV and why you see celebrity talking about this. Is it possible for a company to lend at these kinds of interest rates? What makes that legal? Okay, we will have much more with part two of Financial Fitness with The Money Doctor. Can we get your phone number? 413-773-3333. Or visit HugYourMoney.com. We'll be right back right here on WHMP.